Good morning, darlings. I'm your host, Erica Flowers, and this is my Morning Thoughts Pillow Talk Turned Podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. I surely hope it's not your last. And to ensure that you never miss a beat, you can click the subscribe button as well as follow me at Erica Flowers, E R I K A, on Instagram. There you can place a face to a name and participate in my weekday morning Good Morning Darling fan talks, where this all began here on the Good Morning Darling podcast. We keep the conversation going. So let's get into it. Good morning, darlings, and welcome to season two, episode three. Yes, we are in a new month new season. I am very excited for this month. I have a good feeling about it and y'all know I'm always feeling something. I feel like, you know, (laughs) I also realized in editing that I say, you know, a lot, you know, it's like the habit of saying like, anyways, like (laughs) the flowers are, I feel it is our time to bloom and blossom as well. And honestly, I'm just so proud of people who are like continuing to do their thing and grow personally spiritually taking leaps of faith and betting on themselves and what has been a year now since this pandemic started I'm very grateful for my health and that of my friends and family through it all honestly what I can't get over right now is how I was spared from COVID but seasons change and here I am the the pollen's trying to take me out (laughs) Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Alas, there are too many good things happening to dwell on that for too long. I'm just so happy things are warming up outside and I get to sit and just be comfortable in the sun. You know, it's crazy how much we take for granted, even as a somewhat introvert. Staying inside did get old faster than expected. So I value my time outside for sure. And I know last season I talked about it. Um, a lot actually while we were quarantined and you know just found a new appreciation for the abundance of the quote-unquote free kind of time and in the midst of it I feel like there was definitely a shift from when I thought there wasn't enough hours in the day (laughs) I was listening to um a podcast the other day and it expressed this thought perfectly. If you haven't checked out the podcast On Purpose by Jay Shetty, you definitely should, or I highly recommend it rather. Um, He's just really inspirational and informative. Specifically, I was listening to an episode where he interviews the musical artist Big Sean and they were just dropping some gems. Um, the episode is, he speaks on releasing negative perspectives to realize your own path forward. Um, there's one part where Big Sean shares how his perspective shifted on the concept of time and how we use it. We often complain that we have to do this and that. I need to get this done. And that transition to a perspective that 
is more grateful in a way, I guess, instead of I have to, it turned into I get to. Like, I get to work on this project. I get to wake up today in a comfy bed at that. I get to live my life. I get to take advantage of this opportunity. I get to work on something I'm passionate about. There's so much that we've been afforded that we take for granted. Time being one of them. Many people, they feel constrained um, to a false concept of it as if time has passed their time. Like they're too old to go back to school. They're too old to learn how to swim, change careers, explore different avenue. And in my opinion, that's just not it. And I believe we have a choice. You know, time is a figment of our imagination. You know what they say. Beyonce has 24 hours just like us. We could do it too. (laughs) (laughs) Like we set these limits on ourselves and for what? Like there's so much room for us to be bigger than we are. And we shrink ourselves with this negative self-talk and doubts that we can be big and different. Like it's amazing how powerful the tongue is, even more so the mind. We have control over that at least. So why not think the best of ourselves and this gift of life? There's definitely a pattern to be found in how I've titled these episodes of season two, and it is that they are affirmations to live by. I can share something that has changed my life in first glance, and with that, I've done something already. You know, I get to inspire. I get to be my own boss. I get to use my voice and share it with the world. I get to share my story and amplify the voices of working women of color. I get to do a lot of things. And for that, I'm so grateful because I am everything and anything I want to be. be. Super excited to speak on this affirmation and lifestyle with this episode's featured guest. So let's get into it. This is your morning wake-up call. It's time to get to work. Work it, girl, you're a working girl. Work it, girl, you're a working girl. Work it, girl, you're a working girl. Work it, girl, you better work it, girl. All right, darlings, it's my pleasure to introduce this episode's working girl. She is a New Orleans native multidisciplinary artist, poet, author, and basically anything and everything that she wants to be, and we love to see it. Miss Monique Lorden is here today, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, um, this is where we're coming off of Black History Month, but you and I know we celebrate it every day. Yes, and it's all women's 65. So, like, this is the best time to talk to y'all. Yes. Well, I... I gave a little info about you, but I feel like you can tell us about yourself the best. So can you? Yeah, definitely. So Monique Lorden, um, I also create under 1985 Poet. Just simply put, I feel like that is the year the Most High put another vessel on this earth to, to change the world with love. And so before I say that I'm an artist and all those things, I believe that I am a person, a vessel that will change the world with love. And I do so through my art through my authorship, 
through me being a mother, definitely being a mother, um, through just about anything that I put my mind to. And that, that's exactly who I am and what I do. I love that so much. I love that you spoke about love. You know, I feel like a lot of what I do, um, I emphasize that there's intention behind it. You know, I feel like we have all these interests and sometimes people go into things just because they're like, oh yeah, well, I saw so-and-so doing it. So I'm going to try that too, you know? So I feel like there's a lot of intention behind what you do. Um, did you all your, did you always see yourself going this route when you were younger, like being this artist? I have to say, yeah. You know, some people be fronting like, yeah, I always knew, but I actually always knew. I mean, I'm blessed to have parents who believed in affirmations before I could even spell the word affirmation and know what it was. Like they affirmed those things in me. My mother bought my first easel. I think we all got easels when we were little though, right? Those little plastic mm -hmm. easels. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. I took it so serious and my father, his proximity to the movement, you know, was so great that he would tell me I was a revolutionary and that I would change the world with love. And so when I say it today in this, you know, in this adult state that love is a revolution, I'm only pulling from the way that I was raised. Like I believe it to my core. So I always knew that I would be this person. Did I know about the journey that would bring me here? Nah, <laughs> absolutely not. But I knew that I would be in this beautiful, loving, affirming state, that I would be the soul that I am. Mm, yeah, I don't think any of us know what to expect. Or we do have these expectations and that's what leads to the disappointment, you know, but those disappointments can be viewed as like something totally different, life lessons, you know. Um, with that being said, who or what inspires you? You're speaking so much about your family. I'm sure they're included in that umbrella of inspiration. Yeah, they are. They are the, the core and center of it for sure. But then it's like, you know, I love honoring folks like Maya Angelou and Toni Morrison or Audre Lorde or Asada Shakur. I could go on and on about these powerful women or the James Baldwins and then Romare Bearden on the art side or... or um, Carrie James Marshall, like I can go on about all of these people I revere, but it's also the people around me, like our living legends, like yourself, you know, what you do in the art world and your beautiful voice. And, and I won't go listing all the, the amazing creatives in the city of New Orleans alone, but we have so much talent here. So I can, I can literally look left and right and be inspired by people I call friends, you know? And that's just a beautiful feeling that, yeah, I could flip through a book <laughs> and I could, throw on some Nina Simone on the record player and just feel it. But I could literally lean on a friend's shoulder and feel just as inspired by these living greats. I love that so much. And I definitely feel that. I feel a lot of feelings. I always, I'm always feeling something. Um, but that's how I found you, actually. I think it was my friend Stefan, Prosper Jones, who maybe shared one of your art uh, artworks on his Instagram story. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And like followed it to your page. And I'm like, who is she? Why have I not seen her out? Or maybe we were in the same rooms and I wasn't sure it was you or not. Um, so this is just really great that I finally get to meet you because I definitely feel the same that I've been so inspired by people that I've had the pleasure to meet here in New Orleans, those I have not yet met in my life but you know it's coming it's just the reach out the you know it's so rich city yeah it's like you said the soil is so rich here 
-hmm. I mean, we are moving beautiful beings everywhere in this city. So yeah, I actually, I think we met or we were in the same circle and it's because of Steph. Like it, it might've been at one of his shows or something. Um, and he's like, yeah, this is my friend Erica. And we didn't really meet in like a, in a, in a way where we got to know each other because it was a crowded little mm -hmm. area, but pre-panorama, <laughs> pre-panorama, <laughs> yeah, where we got to socialize. I was like, oh man, I got to know more about this beautiful woman. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I just, my brain in those social settings is like everywhere and nowhere at all. Speaking of brains being everywhere, do you ever feel overwhelmed with the work that you do? I feel like you do so much, you know? Um, how is that for you? Or even the idea of like writer's block, does that ever come up for you? Yeah, that's, that's heavy because it's a two-part question. So like with prioritizing, being busy, being a mom, being all the other things I subscribe to being, um, because it's interesting, I don't put myself in a box. Right? I don't limit myself. So being limitless in itself is this overwhelming idea. Um, so I try to stay organized in, in like a to-do list system or a calendar system. And even in that, it's still overwhelming. Like before speaking with you, I spoke at a school virtually. And then I had a meeting about something else and everything is back to back. And when those, those kind of things happen, when I'm blessed to say my schedule is just back to back like that, I go within. Um, man, this was like, six years ago at this point, maybe not that long, but quite some time ago, I was in New York, you know, in the middle of Times Square, I was living out there um, for a little bit. And it was so we know New York Times Square to be super busy. Yeah. And I challenged myself, I challenged myself to become peace. And it became very symbolic with life itself, you know, everything moving around us, if I can stand in the middle of Times Square, and be untouched, and the world moves around me in that way, I can do that in my personal life. So mm -hmm. instead of exhausting myself to find peace when my schedule's crazy, when everything's going on, I become peace. It's a little bit less exhausting that way. So I, I make it a practice, a personal movement to become peace. And then I reach out into the world around me where it's chaos and take what I need. You know, mm -hmm. I take what I need and then I can control what's happening around me. It's so important to find that peace within. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. Um, there is an expert that I want to read um, in regards to time, you know, because I feel like that whole practice takes time, you know, and the way that we view time and our situation and our environment. Um, you say, when we understand time is relative, we realize forever can be a second and an experience can be a lifetime. We enjoy the moments that are and the moments that were. Expectations become afterthoughts and possibilities become endless. How did you feel when you wrote that? When did you write this? It's just, everything you have in this book is so powerful. And honestly, when I was like choosing things to feature in this episode and just to highlight, it was so difficult for me. I was like, everything is so good. Everyone just needs to buy this book. <laughs> Thank you. So you're reading from A Wish for Freedom. And I don't know that I've heard anyone read it so like ethereally. Is that a word? Ethereally? I'm gonna make it up. But it was very <laughs> angelic and sweet. <laughs> I make to say that I love words so much. I also love making them up. So that piece was pulling from um, 
definitely a, a personal, maybe romantic experience, but it crossed several different borders. So it wasn't isolated or siloed to a man, but you know, so often we write about our personal experiences like that. And I was just, I learned from breakups to makeups and, and um, I'm very transparent in saying like, I'm a divorced mother of two. And so I've lived a whole life and I have a second chance at life and love after love now. Mm. And in going through this, living this second chance at love and life that I have, um, I just learned, man, we have to experience and honor the experience that is, that are people, you know, this second that I may experience with you could feel like a complete lifetime. And I honor that. And um, an experience can be everything, you know, it could be everything. And I was just having this conversation with my girlfriend earlier, who's going through a breakup, a really hard one. And it seems like fluff and it seems like it's too good to be true when, you know, I'm not going through a breakup, but to tell someone, honor the experience. If you think about going through a breakup and how difficult that is, but what that person meant to you and what that experience meant to you, we're not meant to own people. You know, we're not meant to hold on to people in that way. It's easier to let that experience go when you realize that's exactly what it was. It was time and it was an experience. And so that's where that piece came from, if that makes any sense. It was learning that the seconds that I spent with this person, whatever time increments we're talking about, ultimately equated to being a beautiful lesson learning experience. I love that so much. And I definitely resonate with it. I feel I've heard it and I feel like I've said it in my life that time is an illusion. And I've learned that to be true over time and like just realizing the different interests that I have and understanding, overstanding and understanding Mm -hmm. that it's not too late to try anything, you know? And when I was making a list of the women that I wanted to reach out to, to have these conversations for the podcast, you were definitely at the top of the list and just, you know, doing my research, learning more information about you. I just, I was looking at all this stuff that you do and I'm like, damn, like what can't she do? Who hasn't she been, you know? And it's, it's such a fearless way that you show up in the world. Um, in that view of like time and that you have so much time to do anything and be everything. It's a way that I've been trying to live my life and, you know, tell myself recently repeating all the time that it's okay if you want to try this. And even if you fail, that's okay too. That's how you learn. I want to quote another. (laughs) It's shorter this time from a wish for freedom. Um, I do because I can and I try because there is no reason not to. And I love that so much. It stands alone on this page. And I love this picture of you. Your smile is so big in that picture. Um, Yeah, and I just, this has become your life's work, you know? Like everything that comes out of you is your work, your artwork, your heart work, you know? And I wanted to know, does it ever feel like work to you like hard work when you're doing all these things expressing yourself in all these ways that's another great question because i i I had you know we often have conversations with ourselves right that's a part of just self-love and maintenance so last night i was talking to myself (laughs) and um just organizing thought and i was just like this is work let's not romanticize what this is 
yes, it's a calling. Yes, this is my purpose, my creativity and art. But it's also work in that what I do is a business. You know, now I'm a published author, so I have to send out distribution lists and emails. And so that side of it, the business of art is unequivocally work. Me, my heart work is a little bit different, right? Heart work is not necessarily work in that it's this grueling 10 hour day kind of thing. It's more fed by love and it's fed by my faith and it's fed by my experiences. But the business of art, which is something I've had to learn over the last couple of years to take it very seriously, the business of art is that you have to be disciplined. It is in fact work. It's not always you being on a stage performing or you being at a book signing or at a gallery showing, being in front of cameras. No, it's, it's hard, you know? It's you, like you, you asked me earlier, I don't even think I circle back to writer's block. It's you sitting in a room rocking back and forth with writer's block because <laughs> it's not coming to you. Like, that's a part of the, the business of it too, like trying to get yourself yeah, invoices, yeah, distribution lists, yes, contracts, but also the business of, of getting you to in a place to where you can create, you know, keeping yourself healthy, keeping yourself focused, investing in self, you know, all those things. Yes, I love how you highlight uh, how people romanticize and glamorize the process. You know, um, I think social media has a way of doing that. And mm-hmm. This segment is called the working girl segment. You are a working girl, working woman. And with that, I wanted to highlight how women just, you know, they make being a workaholic to be cool, you know, because it becomes inspiration for others, everyone that surrounds them. And we often don't see everything that goes on behind the scenes. So I always love when people are able to be transparent and vulnerable about the process, you know, um, and for people to really understand that what they see, yes, this is inspiring. This person has done this, that, and the third, but there's no reason to compare your journey because you don't know the struggle that it took to get to that point. Um, And I know that we've spoken your published works. You also paint. I saw that you've had some art installations um, yes. and you've done murals and you have all these different ways that you express yourself. Um, please speak further on that, but also have you had any favorites out of all of these forms of expressions? Oh my goodness. It's hard. You don't ask a mama if she's got favorites. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I probably do. So yeah, I was reflecting earlier cause I was blessed I was blessed to speak at a a middle school right before you and I started talking. And I was going down memory lane with a very similar question about everything that I challenged myself to do during this pandemic. And actually, let me keep it real. I didn't challenge myself to do it. I feel like I was called to do it. And I had to, I had to shake off the, the early pandemic um, draw, like that feeling of being stuck inside and not, creative and I just said no you you need to just do it like you need to get like get like um Nike and just do it you know get up <laughs> and put fire to your butt and um in the pandemic alone I published two books um I wish for freedom which you read earlier and or a wish for freedom and I wish for freedom is my children's book that's just taken off 
in ways that I could have never imagined being on shelves at Barnes and Noble. You could have never told me a few years ago that the Monique that felt muted and felt like she didn't have a voice was the same one who would be selling books in stores in 2020 or 2021. Like I would have never imagined. And um, yeah, and me opening my publishing company to do so, me understanding that to be in the spaces I want to see myself in, I have to create those spaces. Um, what else have I done? The, the installations, challenging myself beyond a paintbrush, like picking up metals and bending and fa fabricating metals and using light to create art and then murals, you know. I think I'm scratching the surface of some of these things because I would love to, to see larger walls and to do bigger light installations, but I'm starting somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful to say that my somewheres are dreams for me. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing wonderful, dreamy things um, with these ideas. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a blessed space to be in, to say that in this, what we, we made annual year of the pandemic, right? In this pandemic alone, I've done just about everything that I've dreamed of doing and in some kind of capacity. Now I dream pretty big, so there's a lot more to get done, <laughs> but there's a lot that I've scratched off that list. And I'm just so grateful to the most high and even giving myself praise. We gotta, we have to lift ourselves up too. just saying, wow, girl, you did that. You know, you really stepped up. Yes. Still I rise. Yes. I look in the mirror and say that often, like I will always rise, you know, I will always rise to the occasion. I will always live my dreams and, and get better at what I'm called to do. Mm, so many, first of all, snaps to that. So many gems dropped in that response. Thank you so much. Starting where you are, you know, giving yourself credit, all yes. these things. Dreaming big, I think that's a huge one. So you released two books within this pandemic span, you know, and oh, that's just, yeah, it's amazing. Like so much you know, for you. That I was reflecting. I was reflecting just this week on um, during morning meditation. I was thinking, who would have thought? And I said that over and over again. Like who would have thought it? And then I took a step back and I thought, mm -mm, God thought it. Mm. Like this was thought of long before me. So I can sit here and just think, wow. Like who would have thought that I would have got into this space in my life, this place. And I reflected on it, no, like my story's already written. I'm just a writer trying to retell it. That's all this is, you know, this is me honoring my purpose and telling my story. Right, for I know the plans that I have for you. These, the two books um, that you wrote, do they go together? I know that one is a more adult presentation um, and then you have the children's book, but they have very similar names. Was that intentional? Yeah, it was. So I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a writer at heart. I love to say that I'm a poet, but I'm just a writer at heart. And so in writing, oh my gosh, now I'm thinking which one came first? Which one, I know which one published first, but what dream came first when I really think of it. Um, but really in a nutshell, I challenge myself for every adult book I write that I'm gonna write a children's book. Because, you know, naturally I write from my experience. So I write for adults. But I thought, you know, it's, it's 
just as important, if not more, to feed the minds of all the kids around us. You know, they are, yes, our present, our future rather, but they're also our present. And so for every adult book, I'm writing a children's book, um, which is the, the next book that I'm writing that is written, geez, it's uh, Rumble, excuse me, Ramble, Young Girl Ramble. It's my debut book of poetry that has been like five years in the making. I think I'm stumbling on it because I'm not going to lie. I'm a little afraid to publish it. It's, it's a healthy fear, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, as it, when you write your lyricist that it's your heart on the line. And so this book is my diary. This is me talking about love and loss and grief and love after love and to give that to the world and say, here, read it. You know, that's a bit scary, but in a good way. So that's the next one, um, Ramble, Young Girl Ramble, and the kids' book that I'm writing to accompany it, accompany it is called I Ramble and I Rumble. So there is a connection with the titles, like it's, it's connecting themes. You know, both of my current books are about affirmations, are about love and freedom. And so they are connected, but one is obviously for, for our demographic and the other is to feed the minds of kids. I love that. I definitely will be getting out to pick up some of those books to gift to children that I know. Um, it's crazy. When I purchased that book, A Wish for Freedom, I had been going on a buying spree with friends' books and you know, photo books that they had released. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. I thought there would be like the rest, you know, just poetry, 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 and it completely exceeded my expectations, realizing that it was truly a workbook, you know? Um, And you talk about that in there, the inner work um, that must be done, and I feel like it's so important, the affirmations, the pieces of yourself that you shared, the images, you know? I love at the end where you're like, we preserve these images, um, similar to the way that not our grandmothers. I have the book right in front of me. I could just <laughs> reference it that way. Um, perhaps we create photo albums and write our legacies for the same reason our elders covered their couches in plastic. We desire to preserve what was never meant to last. Perhaps there is magic in that. I love that so much because I feel like in this work, and thank you for sharing the works that are to come, you are really immortalizing yourself in this way, you know, and and in creating these versions for the younger generation is such a beautiful thing. I feel like I can't imagine how you shape and mold your own children. You know, I would love to talk more about motherhood and how you're able to balance all of this. You have so much going on. They must be so proud of you and I just feel like you must be the coolest mom, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm about to burst your bubble because my kids, this is interesting. I've been processing this with another friend um, who is this this multi, they are a multi-talented artist um, setting the bar for themselves. And I was telling him that my kids are not impressed by me. And I say that with love, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. It's because I feed them with so much love and so much uh, inspiration. And I set the bar at a certain level to where this is normal for them. So them going to see mommy's book in Barnes and Noble is the norm. They see how hard I work every day. And I set that norm for them to where, yeah, it becomes a little 
unimpressive. I think they are. I think they are impressed by me, right? I'm pretty sure they are. They don't show it, but I set that normalcy. So when they go out and try to achieve their dreams, getting a book in a bookstore is something that is easy for them. Like they think that that's something they should do. It's not this dream to where it's this, this agonizing process that they can't achieve. No, mommy did it. So can we. Mommy was in a gallery. So can we. So the way that I raise them is that you can be in any space. First, you can be in any space you, you want to see yourself in. Second, you can create the spaces you want to see yourself in. So I raise them on that. Yeah, it's a little hard because they're not like thinking I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Or maybe they do. <laughs> they think, but they think that what I do and what I've achieved and the lessons that I've learned are quite normal. So it's, it's definitely a different experience um, mothering these two. Plus they're older. Like my, I have a 14-year-old and I have an 11-year-old. So they're already not easily impressed. You know, they're, pre they're teens and preteens. Right. So I'm already working with that. Yeah. Oh, girl, bless your hearts. I don't have any of my own, but I can only imagine. <laughs> but that's so beautiful. I feel like the bar has been set high and you are truly leading by example, you know, and to have that standard of dreaming so big at the, at the first level can only imagine what they will do in their lifetime, you know? Um, I'm sure they'll make you proud in all that they do. Um, I also wanted to talk about free time, if you have any, um, and how you utilize that time. I did see that you've done some traveling. Obviously, that's not something that many people are doing so much now, unfortunately. Um, so I guess but, it's yeah. a so question. Free time for me currently looks like like side ponytails, sweatpants, you know, just <laughs> that's what self-care is in this, in this pandemic, in this moment here. It's just like um, writing inside, even, even going to the river. Like I'll take my journal, go sit at the river and write, get outside in the elements and give thanks. Before the pandemic though, I was an adventurous person. I still am. And I pray for the day we can go back outside and do those things. But there wasn't a place that I didn't want to be. Um, actually, right before the pandemic hit, I took my family and we did a Far East tour. So we did Tokyo and Taiwan, the Philippines. Um, I feel like I'm leaving some things off. We, we went to Hawaii. Um, I've lived in New York and Baltimore and the list goes on and on and on. And in every city, I challenged myself to make it feel like home. Like New Orleans is home for me. There's so much beauty in this city. And I tried to find that same beauty, that same, those same moments of love and opportunities of love in other cities, like connecting with the people, connecting with the culture and the community. And I missed that so much. Um, so now I'm challenging myself to do that in my own unique way, you know, kind of in a, in a safe, isolated way. I'll, I'll go to the river and write. I'll give thanks for the, the world around me and, and connect virtually like this. This is the new... This is the new travel, right? It is. You can travel <laughs> everywhere in the world via your smartphone, camera, laptop. <laughs> That's beautiful. It kind of leads into my next question. I was going to ask you about your self-care routine and practices, something that's definitely highlighted in your book that people will be buying because they should have it. Um, but if you can share here, 
some of those self-care routines that you have? Definitely. So on surface level stuff, not even talking about just my faith, but self-care for me is skincare. That is so big for me in my life. Just like... Girl, and if they can see you, once they go to the Instagram, they're going to be blown away. Girl, she's glowing. But I am 35. I'll be 36 this year. I'm a single mother. 35 where? Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Ready for love after love. You know, I'm ready to experience all that. Life lives on my face and I'm good with that. Life lives in my heart. But with all that said, skincare is huge to me. Like skincare and obviously physical health uh, means so much to me because going back to having the opportunity at a second chance of life and love, I feel like I'm starting all over in a very healthy way. And that does mean physically, but it also means um, metaphysically. It also means inside of me. So self-care in a spiritual way for me means giving thanks. Every morning I give what's called first fruits. I give first fruits to God saying, you know, like an offering, right? This this, um, offering of words, giving thanks, saying, thank you for waking me up this morning. This is going to be a good week. I can't wait to, for this podcast, I can't wait to do all these things. I'm grateful for these connections. Or even thanking God for the beautiful weather, you know, for the for the sun and the rain, keeping it balanced in that way. Um, writing is a huge part of my self-care practice, not just because I'm called to write, but it's just a, a beautiful way of expression. It helps us organize our thoughts, especially those of us who do ramble on a lot and have a lot going on. Um, what else? Just good food, eating, eating really well. Um, getting all my nutrients in, but also picking out what I want to, that self-care to me. Um, then, yeah, it's, speaking of balance, it's also not being seen. You know, I love, I, I love this, where I can have these connections with folks and be seen, whether it's through my art or through talks like this. But I also love not being seen. You know, there's so many people in New Orleans who may know of me, and then so many people who don't. And I'm okay with that because my work is not to be known and be seen it's to do the work Mm. so self-care for me is as important as as it is for my work to be on display because that's what we do as artists is also to preserve who i am and not worry about being seen you know just going within and being with my family and my friends and and doing the inner work alone you know or whatever it takes i love that Self-preservation is self-love. Mm-hmm. I think we brought up glamorizing the process before when it came to doing the work. I think people glamorize what self-care and self-love actually means as well. You know, doing that inner work, doing that shadow work, and just showing up for yourself every single day and how it does not appear the same <laughs> every morning. Yeah. You have to be okay oh with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. There, I was saying there's so much courage in showing up for yourself. That's, that's beautifully said. Most people don't show up for themselves. They'll show up for everyone else. You know, we can be there for our best friend when she's going through it or for our family member who needs our help or whatever. But to show up for you, the person that you usually put on the back burner, you know, the person you, you get to last, showing up for you first is courageous and beautiful. And that is self-care. 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 I love to close these conversations with um, words of advice 
What advice do you have for the working girls out there who might be looking to follow a similar path? I, I, I will say this, two things. Um, uh, Maya Angelou says, if we're lucky, one solitary fantasy can totally transform a million realities. So keep that in mind. One fantasy, just one dream. You might have a million dreams like me, but it only takes one to transform your circumstances, to transform who you are and where you are in your life. Had I known that then, before I, I came to this place in my life, like I know it now, who knows what my journey would have, would have been, where I, how it would have brought me here. But it's okay. I still love the journey. I still appreciate the journey for what it what it brought to my life. So keep in mind that if you're lucky, that one solitary fantasy can totally transform your circumstance, one million realities. Also, I'd like to say that it doesn't take this, this magical, monumental moment in time to transform the world with love. Be who you are. Toni Morrison says, if you're a writer, write. If you're a singer, sing. If you're a lover, love. That's all you need to do. You know, we celebrate our ancestors and elders and those around us doing great things, but we have everything already inside of us to be great because we are great. So be who you are. You know, I, I hope that, you know, in talking about everything that I've done, don't look at it that way. Don't um, aspire to do that. Aspire to find those things inside of yourself. You know, I think that's it. I think that's the closing thing. It's to aspire to be who you already are, which is great. I love that. The closing thing, but it's also the opening thing. And this conversation has been a great way to open the rest of my day and finish off my week. Um, a lot of gems, a lot of advice, a lot of affirmation shared and just inspiration completely. And I'm so honored to have had this conversation with you. Um, can you please share how people can find you, get in touch with you? Because I know they're going to want to know everything and more. So I am online. Social media is 1985poet, P-O-E-T. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you're on Facebook, it's Monique Lorden, L-O-R-D-E-N. You'll find everything about my books online there as well. And then if you want to shoot me an email, like I'm all about conversations and having and, and furthering this conversation. So if y'all want to talk a little bit more, it's 1985poet at gmail.com. And I will most certainly be including this information in the description and posts and everything for you guys to find that very easily. Um, thanks again, Monique. This was awesome. Thank you. I hope I didn't talk too much. Girl, no. This was not enough. I wish we can go on and on. I go on and on. That's what I do. <laughs> That's, I ramble. Like, I can't. Yes, work it.